Bloom, welcome to our third episode in our series, Depression and Aloneness Within the Community of Faith. With me again is Laurie Marsland, who is a licensed professional counselor here in Colorado, and also Seth Slay, who is our pastor of worship and arts at Bloom. We're going to pick up here where we left off in the last episode, um, talking about the call of the church to a shared life. Shared life is one of the commitments that we have here at Bloom, and uh, in the past, it's kind of one of the ones that we lived out, just not really even thinking about. You know, it wasn't um, a ton of effort put into committing to shared life, but in this season, it's going to be completely different. We're going to have to really approach each other with intention and with grace as we seek to live out that shared life commitment. I was thinking just before we uh, begin here that um, the table has been uh, such a place of consistency in the last year and a half. Mm. Our leadership back last March asked of us, just set the table every week. And it was this commitment that we held to, to just set the table, to welcome the presence of Christ to be among us, Um, whether we are gathered around the table um, in person or scattered throughout the city, uh, participating through live stream. It's something that we felt really compelled to do. And uh, I will say that as we journeyed forward through this season of aloneness that we've been going through, the table was this place, for me at least, of the peace of Christ, the presence of Christ, that I was reminded of the goodness of God and and the gift of community, even in these darker times. And I think it's been that for many in our community. Um, as we go forward into a new season, or maybe just the continuation of the season that we've been in, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, I think about the table still as that place for which there has been a place set for every person, the place that we're reminded that we're loved, that we belong, that there's a new life in front of us in Christ. And um, this table has been set through wars and through oppression, through dark ages, through famine. This table has been set and um, that will continue to be set. And we're not questioning that. We're not questioning the means by which we come together. I think what we're wanting to look at in this episode is how is it that we will begin to make the journey back? We've defined as a staff and a leadership the texture of that journey, that we'll be kind to each other, that we'll be attentive to each other, and that we'll be consistent, that we will um, make space for people to to feel and to to hurt and and to heal. In this season, invitation is so, so crucial. Mm. And so we hold it with a reverence, that call to invite, to be present. Having said all that, mm. you know, we're, I'd like to just ask you, um, you know, maybe to review a little bit of where we've been in the last two episodes, but also to, to give us a vision for shared life or a reshared life. You know, we're coming back into a practice uh, that many of us, like I said, took for granted before this whole thing. What are you seeing in that journey? That's a big question. Um, 
let's start with maybe just taking the thread yeah, from sure. the first episode into the second. And now, now we're here, eager, yearning as a community of how we might renew who we are and really come with that intention you mentioned. We began just describing what in our makeup is impacted when we feel that disconnection. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that nervous system reality, which is when there seems to be a threat to our sense of community and connection within ourselves and outside of ourselves, we begin to believe it's inescapable and we go into that complete disconnection, which we call depression. Then we talked about in the second episode how, well, what happened in 2020 and 2021? And really the word was we got really disconnected, not Mm -hmm. only from one another, but from our work, from our values in some regard, from the natural world. Everything was labeled, don't touch, don't go, don't be there. And so we just as a culture, got overwhelmingly disconnected. Mm-hmm. And we, then we began to talk about reconnection, which is really where we are here now. And it's such a beautiful and unique expression of the body of Christ to return and to really allow, with grace and compassion, for everyone to do what they need to do in order to reconnect. Yes. Um, in those very areas that we consciously or unconsciously have felt pulled, um, disconnected, and unable to find a place of safety. We have a very beautiful, unique opportunity as the body to reconnect. And I think about, and I would love just to think out loud for a moment, the overwhelming beauty of connection and reconnection that Christ offered in his ministry throughout the gospel. You see him touch. You see him use eye-to-eye contact using the names of people in every encounter that he had. And it wasn't just people that were easy. It was, you know, some of his closest followers were at completely opposite ends of the political and economic reality. And yet Christ said, in this, this is how we're going to connect. This is what it means to follow me, to live in the reality of the kingdom here. I mean, connection was the stage on which the life of Christ played out. He didn't rule from afar. He didn't sit and write books. He didn't dictate, you know, moral and ethical standards to be lived. He did it. He was it. He was healing. He was compassion and grace and love. And I love what you're saying. That had to be lived out in this really visceral, tangible manner with people. I've thought even, you know, in the past year that, that we hold up the cross as the symbol of Christianity. And really, what's been speaking to me is the table. Mm. 
it's that place that they're gathered, apparently all sitting on the same side of the, of the table. <laughs> but um, it's been such a different energy to focus there than to focus on the cross. And I'm not in, by any means downplaying the cross or taking its meaning away. Because even on the cross, there was this beautiful connection, both with him and the Father and, and those who were on his right and his left, those who were, he was still living out who he was, connected and, and securely attached to those around him. But I just, I have been drawn to that table, all the messiness of it, all the weird agendas, all the betrayal that was there, and all the love and all the compassion, all the, you know, where else can we go? You're it. Mm-hmm. It was all mingled around that, that table. Mm-hmm. It is a really human and a really divine picture of, of life with Christ. And I reflect on even Maundy Thursday this year, how it was so overwhelmingly orchestrated that night. And the real night with Christ. I mean, the whole purpose of that night was that he said, love one another like I love you and the Father. I mean, that is just such a powerful moment. And that he washed feet. He didn't talk about it and make an application and said, hey, guys, don't, you know, here's how you can love one another. But he actually touched their dirty, stinking feet, mm-hmm. and of those who would betray him. And he did that with this connection. And I just think how absolutely connected they all were. And then the table, and mm-hmm. even the breaking of the bread, and the, the intimacy of that is such a beautiful expression. And having that after a year of being away this year in the basement, was just so powerful to have someone wash our feet and to, um, you know, be given the sacrament personally and to really see the community around us. Just a, and when we talk about how do we reconnect, it's those moments of really taking it in that we have a unique opportunity to do now. I loved that night as well. Mm. It was the liturgy that drew us to a place of connection. You know, the liturgy was a bit irreverent to all of our COVID fears and our social Mm -hmm. distancing. Liturgy did not care. Mm -hmm. It drew us together. And that's not to say that we weren't safe and all that, but it it drew us to a place of a very tangible connection because the divine can feel so out there mm-hmm. and um, abstract. But I love, you know, John's recounting of his whole experience with Jesus was that which was from the beginning, that which like created all things. We beheld with our eyes, mm-hmm. we touched with our hands that Christ was walking around as a human in the person of Jesus. So that touch, that connection is embedded in the heart of the creator. Mm-hmm. So how can we not embrace that? And how can it not be in some sense a violation to who we are as created in the image of God to not connect 
Yeah. And it's then and it's now countercultural. Mm-hmm. Right? Then it was completely countercultural to the to the moment, to the what was happening around them. And now, like you said, we did it very safely, but it was completely countercultural to keep your distance, don't, you know, keep safe. And I just think over and over again, reconnection is about that invitation, about that kindness and that consistency. This is what we can offer one another and that attention um, to ourselves and to one another and ultimately to Christ that brings us together, that invites us here. Mm. And that's our goal too at Bloom is to extend that invitation. Whether you've been with us for the past 12 months or not. The invitation is not to join something new, but it's just to join what's been happening this whole time. That whether you were with us or not, you're still invited to be with us now and to join into what's happening now within our community Mm -hmm. and to reconnect whatever that looks like for you, as slowly as you want to, as quickly as you want to. You can jump in and volunteer, or you can just sit and cry in the back. Both things happen every week at Bloom. Yes. (laughs) So that reconnection piece, if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, just know that whatever, however much you would like to engage, I mean, this, I think, goes with everything, too. It's not just about church, but, like, Give yourself grace to engage as quickly or slowly as you need to. You're going to get the most out of it if you're paying attention to what you need when it comes to reconnection. That reminds me of something the artist Charlie Maxey said about God, that if God was a beautifully composed piece of music, that we're all free to interact with the music, how we feel led, how we're designed some will dance, some will sit and let the music like rush over them. For some, it will lead them to imagination, to, to dream. Some will sing, and others will have like, you know, perhaps a, a more structured dance, a more structured way of interacting with it. And it's all okay. Mm-hmm. And it's all more than okay. It's all right and good and beautiful. It's how we're made to, um, to interface and to experience the divine. I like what you're saying, Seth, because it, it says now more than ever, community of faith, give each other the grace and the kindness that's needed mm-hmm. for us to connect to the one, to Christ. Because I do believe that until we're connected to Christ, until we experience Christ, we can't really connect to each other mm-hmm. in the way that we're fully made to. So how much more should we offer grace and understanding and compassion as we come back into the dance, as we come back in to the music, to the creator? I'm really struck by that and thinking about, I'm going to go back to the Acts 2 church, which everything was falling apart outside of their gathering, and yet they ran because they knew there they could come. But I... That, again, is over-idealized because I think there were people who came with great fear and trepidation because, you know, 
will I be one of them or will they still see me as another? And that the beautiful, crazy part of that is there is no us, them. It's just we together, however you want to show up. And I think many of us have had church experiences that are not that. They were more like restaurants where we just come, we know our people, we know our table, we know what we want to get out of it, and then we go. And we left hungry and empty and disconnected. And when I think about what we're offering in many communities, but, you know, my experiences with Bloom is, you know, the truth, it's not just words. Come how you come. Come and cry in the corner. I did that for the first six months that I came to Bloom. I just cried during worship because it was just so overwhelming. I couldn't take it all in, and that was fine. And then I could sit in a seat and and be part of the full community, and that was okay. And I just really, again, probably over-reiterating what you've said, Seth, and what you've said, Dave, about show up how you need to show up because it is about the table. It is about the presence of Christ. And that's not, that's not intangible. It's a, it's a reality and it's, a, it's the practice of being in shared life together. I wonder too if like shame has anything to do mm. with our reluctance to come back. Because I mean, I know for me personally, it's been a hard year communication wise. Mm. Like I can't tell you how many texts I've just missed or just haven't responded to. What what would you say to people who I, I would assume feel similarly to me about mm. like coming back together to those people who you've, for lack of a better word, ignored accidentally or intentionally just because of what people were going through at the time? What would you say to those people? as they try to come back. Shame's such a big disconnector, and it can keep us protected, walled off, fearful. And I think about the collective confession that we do of the things we've done and left undone, and I think of every text I've left undone or every to-do list that was about helping other people this season, I've left undone. And I just, I am having kind of an overwhelming emotion just thinking about the beauty of when we take a moment and say, the peace of Christ be with you. And that's such a beautiful way to begin stepping towards one another and recognizing there's compassion and there's Mm -hmm. grace and there's even forgiveness of ourselves and one another and just really holding one another in that peace of Christ. And that's one of those moments in the, in the service that we can offer that Mm -hmm. now, practically speaking, it's doing that and going to the person who is seated or who's in the corner that you may not know or the person that you forgot to text last June and seeing them and just realizing, I'm just going to go and take a deep breath and just 
connect with you now in this moment. We can talk about things later, but let's just in this moment share that. talking about the church being that space that is kind and gracious and understands that you can't just jump back into normal mm-hmm. and, and perhaps understands that normal may not exist anymore, that there's a new thing, there's a new method of interaction, there's new societal norms. And I'm just thinking as we're talking about that, as, as we move into seeing that commitment to shared life come to light again, that we share the commitment to shared life. Mm. And that is to say that it takes all of us working and praying and reaching out and, and owning the places in us that are hurt and healed mm. and those places in us that, that feel more comfortable controlling the interaction. Mm. It, it causes us to work together. So when I say that, it is that, it's that we share the shared life commitment because connection isn't going to come about again by, by me like putting myself in a room and expecting others to do the work for me. Mm. And that, that's very different than coming into a room, finding someone and saying, this is hard. Yeah. Help me. Now that is like, wonderful and needed and yes that's what we're saying should happen but that's a different spirit than to come in and say i expect this that you know really the bloom institution to meet my need for connection and that that's something we've kind of always shied away from is is those conversations with people like how can this church meet my needs how do you go about this when all of us have such overwhelming need to connect. I think it's that we're careful not to put that need onto the organization or the institution, but we see ourselves as family, as an organism, and we share our commitment to shared life. We share our journey back together. We share our need to find a place at the table that's set just for us. And in that vision, we're all working together. We're all owning it. We're all contributing. We're all confessing and repenting where we need to. We own our stuff and we do our work. And I would say that a space like that that I just described is actually so, so rare in our society. It's so needed. And this is, a, I think, an opportunity that the church has to truly be that which Jesus says we are, a city on a hill. What if, once again, inspired human relationships were modeled and put on display in the church? Mm. I mean, that's overwhelmingly exciting for me, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And in some ways, what I'm taking in is it's so incredibly difficult and so incredibly simple. 
In the first episode, we talked about we're all in that very deep lake, and some of us yeah. aren't as tired as other people. And if we're not as tired and we have that within us, that strength, that we look around and notice who's there and take in just one person. There's the simplicity. It's not overhauling mm -hmm. who we are, how we're doing everything, but it's just a simple, I see someone over there, no one really has connected or said, pass the peace to them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do that. It can be very overwhelming if that's not how you usually connect with people. But there's something incredibly healing about seeing another's need or seeing another and taking that risk to say hi, right? Or to say, to say peace. <laughs> <laughs> Just to say peace. It's a low risk, high healing opportunity to reconnect. Yeah. And that is not to say that if you're not sure how to connect, that there's something wrong and shameful about not knowing how. Mm -hmm. And it's completely welcomed to maybe talk to someone that you notice seems to know people or seems to be in charge to say, I'd like to connect and I'm not sure how to even be vulnerable. That's a huge For risk, sure. but it's simple. And we can absolutely invite you to connect with someone or something that is pretty tangible and pretty low risk. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying. It paints a picture of the church being healers to one another and helpers to one another. And this whole thing was about depression and aloneness within a faith community. And I think that one thing I've learned through these conversations is that it's going to look different than in other settings. And there's so many reasons why for that. But I think one is that Christ is our healer. The church at its best is a community that exists because of and for restoration and healing in our world and ourselves. So I would like to think that depression and aloneness have a different texture when lived out in a faith community, in the family of Christ. That's not to say that things aren't hard and that the world isn't overwhelming or even dark, but it is to say that we're not alone. And so the community that can both be present and hold the darkness and the aloneness is the church that's shaped in the image of Christ. Because we see in the life of Jesus, he did both so beautifully. So it's not where I thought we would end up, but I'm leaving these conversations with a more inspired call for the church to be truly what she is in the world. So I just want to offer a, a grounded rea reality to what you just said, which is each of us come individually. And as the body, we are also uniquely and individually. Henry Nouwen called himself the wounded healer, right? Mm. He was this amazing theologian and teacher and academic, 
and suffered greatly from depression and he recognized the beauty of brokenness as being a wounded healer. And I think that we individually can enrich and connect and create a shared life experience even in our woundedness. Mm -hmm. It seems like some of that voice that you're giving to our individual state and journey played out within community can happen in this, in this class or this course that you're offering. And I just want to take a moment as we close for you to describe uh, what's to come and to invite those who would benefit from being a part of what you're offering. When we began to have conversations about these podcasts and how might we support one another through this journey, one of the key components that came out of that conversation was how do we bring people together? And so we're offering, it's very low risk. We'll do a four-week gathering in person for people who want to explore some of what we've talked about in these three podcasts, some of the practical parts in terms of what does it mean to regulate in terms of feeling safe and taking care of ourselves, what does it mean to take the next step to connect, and what might it look like to develop strategies and approaches to shared life within the church community. So it'll be four weeks, low risk, really safe in terms of emotional safety and also our health. But we'll come together and see what happens um, as people who are really wanting to connect and reconnect. Take a risk, come together, and learn together. I love it. Lori, thank you for being with us. Mm. And uh, thank you for pastoring our community mm. through this time. I think these uh, conversations will be a help. And our prayer is that they really would be a help and a support to yeah. you as we, as we journey forward together. Bloom in the grace and peace of Christ be always with you. Go in peace. Mm.